Here is a reminder from the American Medical Association. Games, games. Here's some games. Games that want to get out. Yeah, at least weapon blew up, and I think it made a re- well blew up. It made a resurgence because of uh, they released one through four. And I started that Iron Man challenge. We had to watch all one through four in one day. That was the goal. And I did it on a Sunday. I like woke up at ten a.m. and just stopped at five. Like the, the number four was done. I did mine. I didn't know that uh, you had issued an Iron Man challenge, but I did mine just for shits and giggles. I think I did it over the course of two nights. I watched. And it was a Saturday. I know for a fact it was a Saturday because you guys game on Saturday and I'm not currently gaming with you. And so I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll just watch some Lethal Weapon movies. And I watched, I think, the first three that night. And then by that time it was like like 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can't watch the fourth one because I, I won't even be able to stay awake for it. And then I watched the fourth one the night before. Um, now, I can say... This is my personal opinion. I liked the third one the least. I thought the third one was the most boring. Third one sucked. And well, 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 let me rewind it in. It's not that it sucked. It had Riggs and Murtaugh. It can't suck. But it did have this weird cop who was like making a killing. Yeah. Who can only be killed by a dump truck. Right. It, it was like a kind of a weird concept. Like this guy was a cop and then... Uh, no, no, you're good. I adjusted it. I can adjust it again. We're good. No, it's going to fall and hit you in the lips. It's all right. It's okay. Okay. But uh, that Iron Man challenge, I also, I did, like I said, I didn't know about it, but uh, I also watched all three Beverly Hills Cops movies, Beverly Hills Cop movies in a row. And uh, I was like, the third one can't be bad. Like, I don't remember it being bad. It just wasn't good. Like, there's no reason they should have made it. You remember that? There was a point in the 80s where the number was like, you can do two. You can do one and two. You can't do a third. Right, because the third one is always shit. It's bag. It's like it's a rush job. Yeah, that was the standard. People got too unique. Yeah. The first one was good. Yep. The second one always went over the top and and beat beat out the first one. And then the third one could never make. And the, the Beverly Hills Cop, the third movie was like six or seven years later. So it wasn't really even relevant anymore. Right. And they couldn't really recapture. Like, the only other actor from the first two that was in it was, um, what the hell is that guy's name? Uh, the younger guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. The younger cop from Beverly Hills. Oh, uh, not Bogomil. It was uh, the one who did go with him. It was uptight, but he did help him out. Yeah. More often than not. I, yeah. I forget his name. Well, let's look it up, because this is fucking horseshit that we don't know. Not Axwell. Not Axwell Foley. Axwell. 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 <clears throat> uh, his name's Judge Reinhold. I just remembered his name. I don't remember. Judge Reinhold. Yeah. Nobody else from the first movie. Well, the... Was he in Night Court? No, he okay. was not in Night Court. Uh, he was in a movie with Fred Savage, I believe. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I think he was in a movie with Fred Savage where... Him and Fred Savage change places, and like Fred Savage's brain goes in Judge Reinhold's body, and Judge Reinhold's brain goes in the little kid's body. Is that am I making that up in my head? I thought that was big. 
No, big is just where Tom Hanks' character goes and wishes on the, the magic hoodoo machine, and it makes him an adult. And he goes and gets a business at a toy store and has sex with an adult woman. Okay. But he doesn't switch places with anybody. There was a couple of movies in the 80s where, like, the kid and the adult switched places and there was hijinks all around. I cannot think of any of them. But Gil Hill, the guy that played uh, Axel Foley's police chief, he was in it for, like, four minutes and he got killed. And that was the whole point of Beverly Hills Cop 3. But it is... uh, The villainy in that movie is just ridiculous. It's like... It's it's not even remotely entertaining. And also, Judge Reinhold right now looks like a bloated version of himself. He looks like he got stung by a bunch of bees. He's just, like, got old and fat. Did he get stung by a bunch of bees now? No, he's just old now. Oh, shit. That's ridiculous. Um, I'm looking up and seeing, like, uh, if I can find that movie that I'm thinking of or if it's just... Oh, yeah, no, it's called Vice Versa. Yeah? Is that... Airport mishap, leaves business in... Are we still sound testing? Yeah, nah. Yeah, we're kind of just recording and sound yeah, testing nah. at the okay. same time. All right, all right. Yeah, you know, whatever's, whatever's inter- interesting or entertaining will be kept. Whatever is not will be cut. Yeah, I was right. It's Judge Reinhold and Fred Savage. It's called Vice Versa. Couldn't imagine why that wasn't a hit. Uh, the, the, there was a, the, it was an airplane mishap, and there was like a magic skull. Do you remember? And like they both touched the magic skull. And I, they, I've, I know I've seen the film, but my mind will not let me recall it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that was such a big deal. There's a bunch of... There was a lot of swapping. Body swap movies like Father Like Son. That was in 87. This movie came out in 88. So it's 87. Then there's a movie with George Burns and another guy. 18 again, body swap movie. Freaky Friday, that was in the 70s. Uh, All of Me from 84. Like, it's like every year, Big, The Hot Chick. Like, like every year there's a body swap F movie. It. Yeah, it's it's a weird subculture that I don't really get. So I came to the realization, and everybody probably knew this, that I hate critics. Uh-huh. And what? Well, let me You've define this. You've expressed that before. Let me define this. No, no, it's, it's, it's a deep-seated... It's... All right, so there's a critic of Donald Trump, right? One of the few times I have defended Donald Trump. This guy worked for Wall Street Journal and talks out both sides of his mouth. Both of them. The magazine Wall Street Journal, by the way. Just to make clarify, I don't know if... I, somebody told me they thought it was a weird business. I think that's. I think there's only it's, one, the Wall Street Journal. It's just Wall Street Journal. I think it's because Wall Street's famous. So everybody thinks there's like a ton of things based on Wall Street. Well, Wall Street Journal's the only one worldwide that I know. And... Um, I was looking at the article today, and there he tries to just vilify Trump. Try goes out of his way. He says that one morning Trump makes a stance on Mexico that he lightens up, mm-hmm. and, and has a talk with Mexico's president, and shows him having that talk. And this is back in, I, I want to say September, early September of this year. And then later that same day, they reprinted another one, same photo, you know, because he was on the cover. Another Wall Street Journal uh, issue. Where it just smashes Trump, talking about how the moment afterward he went and did a rally and just rehammered Mexico again. And then I'm looking at what Trump was talking about in the interview because they had it in there, and basically the guy cuts the interview in half. Choice points that Trump made he keeps, and then when he goes to the rally he includes everything Trump had said. When you pull it all back though, he didn't change his stance. It's just Trump's an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's just an idiot. He just didn't fully disclose when he was in front of the president what everybody already knew. And later on at the rally, restated the full glamour of it because he was in the know. Right. And I was looking at this going, 
man, well, what other Trumpisms can I find? You know, just now I'm on a roll. And I start looking it up, and, you know, in the news, there's all of them. It's like um, the Clinton administration, her her cabinet or whatever, whatever you want to call it, her group, her cult, has uh, released um, a statement saying if you can get a video or audio of anything that Trump has done that is paints him in a bad light, anything that could be private or what have you, they're now paying money to get. We're talking hardcore muckraking. And this is because now I believe the number is they're a one point or one to two point deficit. Like the nation is literally split now. Oh, this is how uh, close we are to Hillary Trump. Clinton's uh, campaign. Oh, yeah. And they issued that. And I'm like, okay. But then I'm looking at the news and it's everywhere. It's everyone's smearing Trump. And the more you do it, the more I'm looking at, you know, okay, we could tell which of the two has more political clout and money because it's all colored towards her campaign stance. However, I. When I what shocked me was when you look at MSNBC, mm-hmm. they had a video as well where they started, I, c- I couldn't believe it, a non-biased great article about what happened in Flint, Michigan. I was telling you about it this morning. Yeah, their, their whole water crisis and everything. Right. Flat out, Trump went down there, made an ass of himself, was corrected by the pastor, and then he was embarrassed a little bit, pulled it back, left Flint, Michigan. To be fair, uh, I just... Not to interrupt you, but just as a side note, like I didn't know people still lived in Flint, Michigan. Like Flint, Michigan has been like the shittiest place to live. A state of emergency. For a long, like we're talking since the fucking 80s. Like since the auto industry packed up and moved out, like Flint, Michigan is one of the poorest, least nice places to live in the country. Well, looking at it, like, photo-wise, it, doesn't seem, it seems like they've cleaned up a lot neighborhood-wise. But what they found is, like, if you don't know about the, the poisoning of their water that's going on, their lead pipes are bad. Right. Like, all throughout the town. And so they had a series of kids go to the hospital with lead poisoning and what have you. And a state of emergency has been declared since December of this year. And we have not, as a government, gone in there and taken care of it. And so, basically, all the, the churches in Flint got together and been doing food drives and water drives and we you know out, go to the community when the government doesn't support and they've been getting in and they brought clinton was there by the way previously this year already in march right and uh, she went through no hubbub because she saw what was going on and left now they're bringing him through to see what's going on and he left their point is obvious you tell us what you're going to do to fix this right that's what we care about right and good old trump tried to turn into a political thing which is why he got stepped on now, that's not the funny part. The funny part, because remember, this is about me being shocked that MSNBC is not biased. At the very end of it, uh, she just goes in this tirade, and I forget her name, the announcer for their web uh, their web show. Uh, but she goes in a tirade where she just points out the fact that, you know, Trump later on does another interview where he smashes and lies about that pastor and her comment. You know, he says the pastor came up there incredibly nervous. She was too nervous right. to talk. And then when she got up there, she, like, hesitantly, you know, Basically clued him out, and he did what he had to do, and trumped his way out of it. So it's you know, sort of looked like the hero. She goes, "It's not what happened." Here's the video clip. You be the judge. Uh, that's fine. Same breath. Turned around and mentioned Hillary Clinton, uh, turning around and, and trying to slam Trump for allegations that, as far as she knew, she said something like, "As a news reporter, I have no idea for the first time in my life of what this political angle is these two have." Right. And had a link. This link led to another article. This article talks about how it cracked me up because Brandon Wood posted this months ago. It was about this little polit- a, a child's understanding to the political uh, regime. And it's called Everything I Don't Like is Hitler. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. You remember this? Yes, I, I have seen this. I have read that. Absolutely. So I'm looking at that and, you know, basically it points out in the article down the road how that's there's a problem going on. And, and we'll make it very short. It states that if you don't like, uh, we'll just say I like Trump. Well, that means that everyone that's not Trump is Hitler. Is the absolute worst thing it could possibly be, no matter what anybody says. And that's sort of the stance a child takes. That is the exact stance a child takes. Yeah. And that we shouldn't be that way. No. Yet, this is kind of backfired, which is what this article points out. And that for whatever reason, this is like led a fervor to people just saying, you know what, regardless of what evidence you bring to me, you're Hitler. Right. It's it's. There's a study that was done that basically states the more... Uh, fervent you present someone with facts, the more passionate you are about presenting someone with an opposing viewpoint with facts about the issue or you contradict them about their ingrained belief, the more likely they are to reject the facts that you present. So the more I go, look, this is right. This is the, it's, it's right here. You know, nine out of 10 doctors agree. This is fucking science. And you're going to go, yeah, okay, whatever. Just take a walk. I don't care. I don't care what you have to say. I've turned you off. <laughs> you know, to, to me, the presidential race in this country right now, uh, I, I like the fact that I can be an adult and sort of view this through adult eyes and just go like, there is nothing here that's being presented that's worth any of us spending our time on. I feel like it's the culmination of just years and years and years of shit shows just taken to their logical conclusion. Right. Like this is, this is where this leads. We have one person who is by and large, probably a sociopath, uh, definitely a narcissist, someone who, uh, it feels like decided to run for president as a joke or as a as a like a fuck you, see what I can do. Including referring to Donald Trump, right? And and that's been taken as far as it can go. And the man doesn't have any kind of political experience. That's 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 a no brainer. That's obvious. But he doesn't have a plan. He do, all he has is basically like racial bigotry and sort of like I'm gonna make things great, but. He has no plan. There's there's nothing that's been presented that's a concrete plan. And I've actually wondered if he's a racial... I, I really don't think he is. No, I don't think he is either. I think he says anything that will get you to pay right. attention. He, he, is, he is what you get when you stand on the philosophy that we've all expressed. Man, I wish there was a guy who would just say fuck it to all, these po all, all this politics and just say whatever's on his mind. Right. That's what you get. This is what you get. Okay. So he's shit. That's just my opinion. But then you have the other side where you have Hillary Clinton, who is also a sociopath and a, a liar and probably a criminal. I won't come right out and say it, but probably. If I may, Hillary Clinton is this thought I had today. She's a pioneer. She's a pioneer politician. If you think back to the first, the first guys who came in and settled this nation and sat in a room, you've pointed out colorfully... They're, they were criminals to begin with. They didn't want to pay taxes and left. That's why they came here. Now they're sitting in a room with this this burden, this weight on their shoulder of how to govern a nation. And I, they didn't even look at it as a nation back then, right? They had a community, and a community's going to grow, and they had to think on that. And there's, there's a lot of thinking going on. Mm -hmm. Well, Hillary Clinton's going to be the first. Well, she is the first female in politics with a great chance of being president and might be president of the United States. But she's pioneering the role. So she didn't have time to have a team to gloss over every possible thing that could pop up.
And when you think about it, there is a misogyny here. Um, I'll admit, even in my, my, my viewpoint of looking at it, because I can't think that she has better grip on what she's doing than the guys who have come before her because she doesn't have the support that they have. There is an old boys club that's been in politics forever right. where the men did take care of the men. And Hillary Clinton does fly in the face of that tradition. And I have to think that to a Congress that gets rid of their technology position, because what do they know? Just a waste of money. That later on leads to great detriment uh, to affording some funds that could you know, give us free internet. It could stop Comcast monopolies. Things of that nature, but don't worry. We, as a people, we don't need that technology congressional role to support that. <laughs> right. um, these guys, no way did they come in and help Hillary get where she is. So she's had to become a pioneer politician, which is she will borrow, plead, cut the throat, make the sacrifices, do whatever it takes to ensure she gets up there. And to me, that is commendable, but that makes her just like the first guys we found in this nation, which unfortunately for everybody else who's living in a dream world where you think American is apple pie meant that you were the cleanest of the clean of consciences. She's, she's, she's a crook. Yeah. It's that simple. She. Again, uh, I can't make any kind of egregious claims, but certainly to my outsider perspective, she seems very criminal. She's definitely got an air of untrustworthiness. And, you know, that's that's not even commenting on the shit that uh, the FBI's investigated her for, the whole Benghazi incident, all that shit. Like, yeah, okay, so she hasn't been indicted. She right. hasn't been brought up on charges. But nevertheless... She seems to definitely be at the forefront of a very meticulous political sort of momentum, and yeah, I don't, I don't see a viable interest in either of those individuals. In fact, it it it's almost a difficult option to weigh because I have to go: Do I want more of the same that I will get with Hillary Clinton? Uh, we're gonna have just straight by the line, you know, neocon. Democrat political, you know, momentum, political movement. It's going to be the same thing, you know, big brother, sort of the nanny state watching you and more, more observation. Or do I want like whatever sort of apocalypse we're going to end up with <laughs> when we get, if we get Trump, like it, where, where is this going? Do I want, do I want kind of like a more fire and brimstone world where shit's really going to get shook up? Or do I want like a another four years to eight years of the sort of oppressive sort of we're liberal, but we're not really. And I use air quotes to emphasize like we're liberal, but we're really not because what what promises have we gotten? Like the 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 whole NSA spying thing that right. not only continued from Bush to Obama, but it amped up, you know, we're 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 a drone strike country now. You know, that's that's the kind of world that we live in, and that's the kind of world that we live in when we have Democrats in charge, and that's what's going to continue with Hillary. It's going to be standard by the line. Or, who the fuck knows what kind of Mad Max apocalypse we're going to get with Trump. I really think that uh, when I, I read it online again, it was uh, MSNBC in their same article today, where they said that the two worst candidates possible in presidential history are, are here, and number two is Hillary. It's... It's that simple. Mm -hmm. Why is she the worst? It's not because she's a woman. It's not because of the promises she reneged on, the lies she out and out said. That's all politics. It's all going to happen. Those are all mistakes in the campaign trail on the way to glory. 
What it is is that you were brought up on charges by your government that you're trying to lead. No, no other president in history has a distinction. You do. Well, her husband does. So, well, he bring getting out. Right. Well, he he got out so, of those charges, but you know. Right, but it's not. The, you see what I'm saying, right. though. But it's like at least he was in office when one got hit with right. that. You know, it's not in route two. Like it's one of those things. Like I can't apply to be a cop if I'm pending charges of a murder case. That's true. That I'm attached to. That's not, true. Not that I held the knife. Not that I was even on presence, but I'm a part of it somehow. That's true. But uh, it's the same thing that I, I've I've tried to explain before. Like the shit with her. Um, when she was a secretary of state, the whole email thing, the FBI investigated her, but it's an administrative situation. So they couldn't actually like put her in jail right. or she could only be punished while she's in office for that. And it's an administrative punishment. So she could have been like taken out of the position. There's no legal precedent for putting her in jail. And the Clintons have a great track record of pretending to be stupid when it suits them yep like i how would i know how email works well you know we don't know what the we don't know what the definition of is is do you remember that yeah do you remember that like that that's that's professional that's that's top tier level politicking i don't know what the definition of is is it's just that that she learned from the best and probably he learned from the best if you want to get down to it so, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens and interesting to see where our country ends up. How do you feel about that? I, I will just say this, that I th- thoroughly disgusted me. The thought of misogyny in Hillary Clinton, none, none is more clear than this. Woman gets the flu. Mm-hmm. She's entitled as a human being to take a sick time that she needs to to get better, mm-hmm. to not die. Yeah. And, and she gets the flu, and she dropped in the polls because she got the flu. Yeah, I don't... Uh... Because Trump turned around and said it's because she's a weak woman. What idiot buys into that bullshit? Oh, it's, it's, it's a pretty clear and present thing that misogyny still exists. It exists everywhere in this country. And yeah, uh, she got sick. That's what happens when you run nonstop for two years to campaign for presidency. It's you get happen. sick. That's the human side of it. Right. What she does for work is for work, but as a human being... She, she gets to, to rest and heal. That's well, Donald Trump doesn't get sick because Donald Trump is actually a fabrication. He's not a real human being. He's There's a number of Donald Trumps. It's like Doombots. And so he just sends them to all corners of the nation <laughs> and just gives them all a Twitter account and just says, do whatever you want. Well, you would never know when Donald Trump is sick because he's missed most of the gatherings he was supposed to be at at a whim. He doesn't have to do a rally. Yeah. Donald Trump doesn't do that rally. He's it's whatever. It, I watched uh, I watched the new episode of South Park last night, and uh, they uh, they're they whenever there's an election, you know, they call them the the giant like the giant douchebag and like the the giant turd or something like that. Like, which one are you voting for the the turd sandwich or the giant douchebag? And uh, so, long story short, it starts out, and all the people of South Park are at this little kid's volleyball game, and they're waiting for the black athlete girl to sit down during the national anthem right and uh so like all these kids sit down during the national anthem and then all the parents you know they're collecting their bets from their winnings and they leave and then the girls play volleyball they don't care about the actual volleyball game they're more concerned about who's gonna sit down and da 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 da. so they hire jj abrams to reboot the national anthem so that no one can be offended oh it's only good yeah and uh so 
when they unveil the new national anthem that's going to fix America, at the beginning of it, they're like, yes, J.J. Abrams, he's, he's going to save the country with this new national anthem. So now if all of you could stand or sit or do whatever you want during the national anthem to show your respect for the country. And like um, their stand-in for Donald Trump is uh, uh, the teacher, the the teacher with the hand puppet. I can't remember his name. But uh, he's running for president, if is you remember. Mackey? Is it? Not Mackey. Maybe, I don't know. Anyways, the teacher with the, you know, with a gerbil up his ass, you know, with, <laughs> with Mr. Slave, if you remember from way back when. I do know who you're talking yeah, yeah. about. So, so you all know who I'm talking about. I can't remember his name, so fuck it. But he's the stand-in for Donald Trump, and he's been running for president since last season because now all their seasons sort of run into each other. They're telling, like, a continuous story. And he's like, he's like, I can't do anything for these people to hate me. He's like, I say whatever I want. You know, I do whatever I want. And every time I fuck up, I go higher up in the polls because he doesn't want to win. That's what they're the tale that they're telling in the in South Park is that he doesn't want to win because if he wins, he's going to have to fuck 17 million people to death. Because that those are his promises, right? That's his promise. He's like every time there's like immigrants or foreigners or whatever, he's like, I'm gonna fuck them to death. I'm gonna fuck them to death. And so he's he's uh, talking to a moderator at uh, one of the one of the presidential speeches or whatever, and they're like, uh, you know, Mr. Mackey, how are you gonna come on your? How are you gonna be able to deliver on your promise to fuck 17 million people to death? And he's like, shit. Now I've got to figure out a way not to get elected. So he's like, I'm just going to sit the national anthem out. I'm not going to stand up during it. And everybody will be so pissed they won't elect me. But then at the beginning of the national anthem, they're like, if everyone could please stand or sit or kneel or whatever you'd like to do to show your support for the country. And he's like, ah, fuck, foiled again. It's kind of like that. It's like it's the joke. This guy just says whatever the fuck he wants. And the more he says, the more people are like, yeah. DT. I think uh, you're right. You said it. We pretty much summed it up on that political angle. None yeah. else need no, be said. No. And uh, that's decidedly unnerdy. Yeah, but you know, to be nerdy now, want us to talk about your poxy? Poxy? Whatever the hell it is. I don't know. You you sent some posts about isn't this chick odd? And it was like Roxy. Oh, poxy. poppy, poppy, poppy. That's what. it yeah, is. Yeah, if you watch those videos, like they're just. Uh, I, I like, I'm not like, oh, wow, they're weirding me out. I just like, they're weird because they're just so non sequitur. They're so completely random. And like this girl and the guy that she works with, that's like her producer or whatever. Cause this girl actually makes music too. She's like, a, sure. she, she makes quote pop music, but, um, it's just, it's done in such a way that it's just so non sequitur. It doesn't, and, and like there's weird sounds to it, and like weird music going on in the background. She does a good job at it. Yeah, I mean, I saw I saw a string of them. I just it's it's like performance art. I was reading up on it, and, right? And when I when I looked at it, I'm looking at her. Well, it's it's me. It's like there's several people like her that that have done it, just not to the sensation. I'm just gonna say what I think. They're not as attractive. Mm. I'm just gonna nail it on the head. They're not as attractive. She is artistic. She is stylized. She does a very good job showing her showcase in her film, and it's done very well. Every short film, to the music and everything else. Plus, she's very attractive, and I and I think that has been time tested, going to get you multiple hits. Now, I haven't seen a guy 
good looking yet that has jumped up and made any similar video that was different. You know right. what I mean? Right. Just hasn't tried. Well, having reading a having read about uh, to some degree what this is, it is basically it's designed to to do what exactly you've interpreted it as. Like this is it's it's designed to be like the most saccharine like pop star, you know? Right. But, but so much so that it's almost like this isn't even a real person, right? You know, because they they have such a disconnection with what things are and what <laughs> things aren't. It's like this is this person is like an alien. Like they were manufactured, which is actually what they're going for that this girl was manufactured. Here's the story. This pop star was manufactured by the Illuminati and designed to draw you in to their pop, you know, saccharine pop music and sell you things and, you know, Basically, get your attention and draw you in. Oh, she's going to. Right. Even if it's the story and that's the joke, she's going to yeah. achieve it. Right. Uh, because based on all those things, the popularity of the Illuminati now, uh, I can't tell you how many times we've heard lizard people running off <laughs> right. as jokes uh, since we, you know, it was first, I don't know when it was first, I just remember it came up years ago, and it's just been ongoing. And now her, and like I said, she's easy on the eyes, she's great with sound, she's great with uh, what they go with. Like, my, my favorite clip of those was her protection video where she wears the, the a suit jacket. of tinfoil right. and she milks. It's a very speech thing. She milks slow gesture to draw you in before she does sound again. Right. And before she says anything and it holds you in suspense. Well, what I, what just I, like a pause. what I noticed when I was watching those videos was that I, I was like, it seems like there's this girl that's in a video and someone else is doing the voiceovers. It's not someone else doing the voiceovers. I think they just redub her voice because I saw an actual live interview with her and right. she sounds exactly the same. So it's definitely her voice, but I think they just film it and they like redub it, which makes it even weirder. Like it's even more unsettling because you hear her twice, right? You can, well, it's not that you hear her twice, but you can tell it's, it's sort of overlaid on the top. Whenever, whenever you hear a live voice, and then you hear like a dubbed voice. It creates this weird thing in your brain where you may not even really notice it, but it just makes it kind of off. And then like the sounds that they use in the video, like you were talking about, she's wearing the foil jacket. And like you, to me, I could tell the sound wasn't recorded live. It was recorded after the fact and dubbed over it. Just like there's a couple of videos of her eating and like the weird sort of mouthy noises are dubbed over it. Like, and they're done in sync. They're done well, but it's just, it makes it weird. You know, it's, it's uh, just, uh, it's just a weird thing. I don't know. Now you mentioned, I, had, I just had to mention it. It was something that was, uh, you, you told us for the first time I have ever been pinned on something. You were like, Bob, you gotta see this. That's like, okay. And I was watching and I was like going, you're not really bugged by this. Are you? It's no, like, it's just okay, weird to it's me. Just odd. Yeah. And I, you know, I mean like my, my frame of humor is very like off kilter, very adult swim, very just random. That's why we watched the Eric Andre show. It's totally right. fucking random. And it doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason to it, but that to me is the joy. It's like fucking with whatever preconceived notions you have. It dawned on me. That's why there's, there's people who don't think it's funny. Uh, like Adam, for instance, or Liz didn't think it was funny when she saw it too. I think people like that haven't seen all the media you or I have seen. Yeah. 
and been subjected to. So their brain still has room for other funny things they have, have yet to see. Right. It's a growth process. It's not me going, haha, I've seen more. It's just a fact. Right. And it, so you, you got to get there. Because, like, our minds, admittedly, they're, you got to hit us with humor that isn't standard in order for us right. to get that. Because where else do you have to go? And Eric Andre, this poppy, and, um, what is it? That show I was on about hell. I forget the name of it. Oh, your pretty face is going to hell. Right. Those those have that humor. It's it's in it. Yeah. I, I am a big fan and always have been a big fan of things that sort of defy convention, whether it's stand-up comedy or movies. I'm a big fan of shit that's avant-garde. You know, I'm a, I'm a big yep. fan of shit that's just not, it's just a little bit off-center. You know, like one of my favorite musicians is Frank Zappa. It's a guy you don't get, don't care to, don't want to. But as far as pop music is concerned, very avant-garde, like known for being weird, especially when you think of like where that music came from. It came out of hippie culture in the 60s, and they were not considered hippies. They were considered freaks, and that was different. Now, do you understand why I don't get that? That's not your era. It, you right. Know? It's from a complete, it's, right. like, have nothing to relate to, And it's, it's not your fault. It's not even my fault. It's how I was raised. Right. It's literally how I was raised. Like, this was shit that was getting played in my formative years. Frank Zappa, the Talking Heads, the Dead Kennedys. Like, where the fuck? Why would you? (laughs) This is, okay. All right. Well, you know, do that shit, and this is the kind of kid that you get. You get fucking weirdos. People are making a list right now. Mm -hmm. Hey, did you get any comments, by the way, of shows I'm supposed to think of plots for? No. Kid show? No. Need any comments? No. Baseless cowards. No, we had we had one comment. It. We had one comment from Chance because we talked about uh, Battlefield One, and he was upset that we didn't invite him. But he's under the impression we thought about that before we did it. Oh, because uh. he's the Battlefield guy. He loves Battlefield. Sorry, Chance. We would have invited you today, but it's Thursday, and it's also like five o'clock. So that's why we didn't invite you. Also, we don't really like. Here's the deal: I I don't I know who the audience is now, and I got an idea, and we're looking to expand that. But at the same time, there's no I'm not looking, and I know you're not, of having to hunt down people no. every every week. Absolutely not. They want to be on a show. It's not how shows ran. It's supposed to be you want to be on the show, right. so you throw your hat your head in. And also, I feel very strongly about. We might have an idea or two of things that we want to talk about beforehand, but. As far as this is concerned, I'm not a big fan of structure. And I get that no, some people not. might be, <laughs> but that's fine. There's plenty of podcasts that have that. And if you find those more entertaining, I can't be mad at you. But also, I'm not going to impose upon myself some sort of structure when that's not what I'm really trying to go for. That's, You'll get me, structure when you get paid. Maybe and that's what but, you but said. The, this is this is a situation. You know, we've decided to make another podcast. It's very structured. It's very much like we're going to work towards a goal of doing so many podcasts over so much period of time and meeting a certain time criteria. Right, and that's going to be that work and structure. Whether you know we decide to continue to free flow our ideas back and forth, or we actually sit down and we write out forty five minutes of content and pre script it and pre plan it. That could be a thing. We don't know yet. We're still sort of in the inventing stage. But this podcast, for me, the enjoyment I get out of it and the creativity I get out of it is doing like a fucking radio show. Like you might have four or five different points you want to touch on, but that's it. That's as far as you go. 
as far as pre-writing. Right. It's supposed to be a conversation. Right. Absolutely. It's supposed to be a conversation. And for some people, that's not their that's not their style. They don't jive to that tempo. I don't really care. Do your thing. I'm going to do mine. And if you like it, you like it. If you fucking don't, if, you don't. And I thought about it. I don't even think it's not their thing. I think a lot of people <coughs> never learned how to communicate. You know? The Tanum conversation is you talk what you've mastered. Right. And also, I want to apologize because I'm sick. Like, just all in the throat. But, so that's why I sound nasally. Anyways. Oh, okay. We were me asked, what'd you do? And no. I didn't see. So no, uh, I think people, I found that people just, you know, they're intimidated by a mic. They're intimidated by a sound. They're intimidated about having their words held forever. Because now, so whoever listens to it, oh man, that person might not like me. And I think for you and me, it's, one, it, we never cared. No, I, I, all the people that I care about liking me already do. Right. And even if you don't. You you're, you don't have Great. the spine to say it to my face. Uh, so life what does is it matter? Too short. I don't I don't give a shit. We can't even get people to comment on liking or molding or going no. any, well, any and, idea and going forward. That's the thing that we've learned. Like you're not really ever going to start getting comments on things until you have a couple hundred thousand listeners, because the majority of people are just observers. They're just quiet observers of the things that go around. That's quiet like judgment. And 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 to be fair, like, like I Mayberry. completely I completely understand it because I watch. So much YouTube. I watch so many fucking YouTube videos. I don't ever comment on them. Ever. I never, ever, ever comment on them because I watched it. You got my view. Like, I don't need to tell you. Because the problem with comments is, I love them. I'll always have them. I'll let people make them. But generally, it's a place for people to argue. Isn't comment? Isn't YouTube commenting different than commenting on your radio a, show? Uh, on YouTube. Well, I don't know. I mean, because it's, it's, it's on my personal website. So I would definitely have more personal oversight, but at the same time, we don't know how many people actually go to my website to listen to it. A lot of people probably just listen to it on iTunes, right? Because when you subscribe to iTunes, you don't ever have to go to my website and that's cool, but it just updates and you can't leave comments on iTunes anyways. The problem with commenting and it always has been, even for marketing is that people, like you said, well, fundamentally we're lazy at heart. Right. It's, it's what's less, <laughs> what, what's the least amount of effort I have to do. And for something like this, yeah, I could see it. That it's is it unfair to ask? No, it's not. Is it unfair for me to call you anything? Yes, I should not do that, but I do because I'm trying to get you to say, "Shut up, Bob. We hear you." Right, and at or the, whatever. Use it at the same time, though. Like uh, work being an example, I've had a number of people come up to me and be like, "Hey, man, I listened," and you know, so blah blah blah. Point. And I'm like, "Man, that's great. I really appreciate it." Because it's really difficult at this point to see the forest from the trees. It, to, to put that into perspective, like we don't know how many people listen on iTunes. We don't know how many people listen on Stitcher because there really isn't any way to track that. That's crazy. They don't have a tracker to see the productivity. No, they, or- they show you the level of popularity of your own, uh, your own podcasts, and they'll show like a top 20. Like, no shit, I'm not going to be in the top 20. That, that's a fucking no-brainer. There's people out there who have five or six million people listening to their podcasts every week. That's fucking no shit. But they don't actually show you statistics. And Stitcher doesn't either. So, you know, it's it's hard to say how many people are listening. The only thing you can go by is your website analytics. And even that is fairly inconsistent because it doesn't tell you, okay, how long did they listen? You know, did did they listen for five minutes and then leave? You know, so. Which, you know, I think is... Not if you listen to five minutes, take off, whatever right. you listened. So, <laughs> there's, there's a throw out. But the point being made is, is that 
I often feel that, you know, you're left, we're left holding the bag. And what I mean by that is, is that we can go to a party and 20 people are going to say, yeah, man, your podcast, your podcast is pretty good. I heard what you're talking about. That nerd stuff is pretty good. And I stare at them because now I want to quiz them. <laughs> now I want to break them down. Right. And why do I want to do that? Is because we don't get any feedback. It's because you're making content. And why do you make content? You make content for other people to consume. Because if you weren't making it for other people to consume, you wouldn't put it in a venue right. where others could consume it. It's, it's, people ask me, like, hey, Nate, why don't you try selling your paintings? I do not paint for other people's enjoyment. I paint for mine. If you like what you see and you give me a compliment, sweet. But I make podcasts for other people. I make podcasts for people to consume. I want people to hear my opinion. It's a place to put out my voice. The internet is a great tool because it gives you the opportunity to express your personal opinions, even if sure. they aren't particularly unique, which I don't think mine are, but it gives you a place to express them. And if other people oh, find them and grab them, great. Do you know what I love? I love when people get, a, get an opinion I've stated and they look up and dig deep on the facts and like take a week or two and then it'll text me out of the blue. <laughs> just so you know, to tell you you wrong. Just so you know, this is how it is. Right. God, that pisses me off. Yeah. Well, that's that's what we deal with. That's a very small percentage. Oh, it's a small percent. But what and, I'm what I'm saying, it's a small percentage of what like someone who's actually famous has to deal with. It is, but it's one of those things where it's like you know, I tell me I'm wrong where everybody can see it. Right. You but, don't have to but, find me to private message. That, right. That, that's my point. Right. Or that, that's not my point, but my point is this. If it was in a public forum, you heard it, and it was. Right. You could hear it. Everybody has a right to hear your commentary. That way, if you're right, correct me. I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly capable of being wrong most times. Right. And I have no problem owing up to it. But when you say it on private, you know, like I'm, don't build my stage. Do you get what I'm saying? Well, and to, to me, it's like they're, they're trying to personally intervene and like let you know, hey, man, you're wrong. It's like I took it like a producer. Hey Bob. Hey, hey Bob. Hey, um, um, can we talk a second? Sure. No. Come to the side. Did you did you happen to know that the rain doesn't necessarily fall mainly on the plane? There are perfectly capable other spots. I stare at them, <laughs> and I'm like, "Do you really believe anyone outside of the comment I was making dwelled on that point?" And it's like, "Well, I, I know I was just in. Uh, why are you nervous? You know, it's like you could just say nothing." Or go, here's a pamphlet about the rainfall in Spain. Thought you might be curious. I'm just saying it's how you approach it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And that's what it comes down to because you, you leave me up to interpretation. Right. And when I interpret things, sometimes it could be open-minded. Other times, depending on mood, it could be pretty closed. You yeah, wrote, uh, absolutely. Pays the ticket, takes your chances, as it said. <laughs> <coughs> oh, sorry. You're yeah, dying right, slowly. Right now is like the worst time because... uh. I sound like dude from fucking Kill Bill. With my deep, my voice is all all scratchy and gravelly. So deserve her revenge. So since we have a thing, and this is nerdy. Yep. I got all that live action baggage back. Oh yeah! After like three weeks of doing it again, you you you've remembered why you stopped in the first place. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like and there's a list here, so take a breath. Um, yeah. Stop me if you disagree. If I go to your game and you have Sorry, 30 people, well, let me set the stage, folks. You make a social agreement to attend a game 
the week it, the week it's supposed to be out on a specific day that you will dedicate your four hours to be there, right? You think it's going to be fun? It's your time to dress up if you want to. It is your time to act out a fictitious character, and you you show up to these grounds and you have fun on an ever evolving stage with like minded individuals, fun wholesome things. Number one, if you are at a college public venue, one should be mindful of the people who actually paid money to use the space you're occupying. As common sense would dictate. As common sense would dictate. And it irritates me to no end. It's Here's the thing. There, there's the vast majority of people are, I think, respectful of that, tend to themselves, because you're already weirded out that you've come here to, as an adult to play pretend. <laughs> All right? Let's just call that what it is. You know, normally done in privacy of your own home, strangely disarmed outside of these walls. Now that you're there and you show up, you have this tables full of people trying to use the internet connection because either they don't have it at home or they're about to go to work or whatever their case may be, but they're students. They've paid their 15 grand or whatever it is this year uh, in loans and what have you to use this time to get ahead in class or to understand a lesson learned today. And next to them, there's a table full of people just playing a card game, being loud, like not even caring that you you are non-voluntarily forced to join in on this conversation because basically you can hear every word that is coming out of their mouth. That's what's going on. It's not quiet at all. Now you have to block that out in addition of focus. How do you concentrate on a paper, block out a loud conversation, and, and still get any hope of getting any work done in a timely fashion? The answer is headphones. You could do music. What happens when the people are louder than the headphones? Well, you eventually pack up your stuff and leave. Well, that sounds to me like how you get school shootings. Right. It's, well, it's, that, was, that was a very dark joke, but yeah. Okay, carry on. But, you know, that's, that's one, right? That's step one. Step two, I can overlook that. It's not my game. God, if I ran it, that that would not fly. Because I don't need to hear what some loudmouth person who can't understand their indoors Indoor voice, indoor conversation. Mm -hmm. And if you can't get that, you probably can't get rules of a game well either, which is evidence. Well, it seems like to me that the type of person that goes on and on at an ever-increasing volume about their stupid game shit are trying to attract other people's attention. Like, to me, when you're loud and you're boisterous, sure, some people's personalities are just like that, but generally those are people who want to be the center of attention. They want other people to see them. They want people to go, Oh, what are they doing? Uh, fucking shut up. You know, I don't, I don't care what you're doing. And I just want to fucking read the goddamn assignment. I was assigned by my teacher. Right. Get my shit done. Right. And move on. And then, and then I have no idea who these people are. Fact is most of the people who are there playing this game don't attend this school. No, no, they don't. The I don't majority. Right. And I've never attended the school. I have. Yes, but you fact, have. But, but that's why I know how much you would pay to be there. It's how I know how difficult it is to use the faculties given that are, that are yours uh, to get ahead and how rude it is to have that happen. Now, that's the external, right? Then we get to actual game things. If I agree on a set of rules because it's in a book and you agree on a rule, set of rules because it's in a book, I get livid when I watch somebody bend those rules and get away with it. I get livid. Do you have an example? I do. I do. Um, the most recent example is if I have, let's say, a lore, 
right? Some a lore being that I happen to understand the old book knowledge sense of what a the folklore. Yeah. That's what lore is. I know the folklore behind vampires. And I know why they do what they do, what they really are, what what salt water does to them really, what running water can do. I know stuff like that. But I don't actually know because I'm not a vampire. Right. I've just read a bunch and have collected a bunch of occult lore. Or heard hence through the term, other people. To get that. But I don't, I'm not a master of it either. I know only so much. That's in character. Out of game, I may know everything under the sun because I own all the books. Right. 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 But now it's cheating for me to just act like I know everything. Right. Because I do. Right. In that term. Uh, because you're, you're not playing to the agreed upon limitation. Now, when I watch something, now I, I agree to those limitations. I embrace those limitations. Quite often, they're flavored of the character. Yes. They make the character even more believable that you're portraying. When I see someone else just abuse it. They know everything, they've heard everything, they can figure everything out. There's no challenge for them, and then they constantly steal literally every bit of the storyteller's time. Yep. Why did I show up? Yeah, absolutely. Now, to understand, as those you might know, the storytelling in a live-action game is the director. He sets the scene. The scene will never change if the director doesn't say it moves on. Right. Or it changes. So if we all agree to show up to a clubhouse, for instance, for a great meeting, and that meeting's done... Or worse, the individual in question or individuals decide that they're going to use knowledge that they didn't have, bring it in character to now take the storyteller and run off to resolve some great epiphany. And a storyteller just wants to make sure that they're having a good time because they believe everybody else is having a good time. There's a problem with that because what that storyteller is not seeing is that everybody else, very adult-like or politely waiting... For him to come and move it forward, right? It's like a, it's like when the, you know, if if you're running, if you're making a movie, but your movie has forty different characters in it, and now suddenly the scene shifts to just one character, but those forty people, like, they're not, they don't get to like go get craft services, right? Like they don't get to go and like make a million dollars. Like now they can't enjoy their character for the rest of the fucking night a great example of this x-men apocalypse there's a scene where apocalypse is going around collecting all his horsemen Uh and there's like four or five of the horsemen just standing around as he's focused on magneto they are literally just standing around right they're like having a hangout like what are they there for when really it's about magneto and apocalypse we're talking the same same exact thing here right like the director's not getting you are literally shortchanging everybody else that's out there. Like, why are they there? Right. Why didn't you just name it like the one horseman of Apocalypse? Right. <laughs> the man in black. X-Men. Whatever. You know, but that's that's number two, right? So we'll, we'll call that, we'll surmise it as saying scene hogging. We'll call it that. Metagaming scene hogging. Well, it, the, the information, the out-of-game information in-game thing, it is... Not only is it a detriment to other gamers, but it's destructive to your game. Because if you don't make a stand as a storyteller to stop that shit, how can you tell a story? Everybody's going to do it. Because if one person can get away with it, yes, every other person's going to go, well, if this fucking person can get away with it, why the fuck can't I? And now how boring is your game? Right. Because everybody knows everything. That's the problem with fucking online games. I leave games only because there's nothing but experts everywhere. 
How can they not solve the problems that they have to face if everybody knows everything? It's like you're playing Cowboys and Indians and nobody falls down dead. Right. Who's the cowboy and who's the Indian anymore? Doesn't make any sense. Well, the one with the feathers, the one with the... Right, right, right. But they don't mean anything. Right. But your bullets don't hurt me because I'm made of steel and... Your arrows are arrows. Ha ha, I'm in a tank. You know, whatever ridiculous shit comes up with. Now, what saddens me is that, you know, we're in a game where storyteller is good. Story's good. Sound. Yeah. It's entertaining. There's a, there's things going on we don't we actually don't know out of game. And we're learning a new game and we're kind of stepping back in after like what six year hiatus? It's it definitely been a while for us as players, but I, I don't know, yeah. Just tone in the water just to figure it out. And we got hooked because a lot of that old blood was there and we weren't done. We weren't done playing. There just wasn't a venue worth our time. Right. And I, I hate to say it. That may sound arrogant, but what do you do when you have people literally with almost 20 years of experience doing live action? Folks, I don't suck. Nate doesn't suck. We're not terrible. If I go to a game, if I go to your game, you will be entertained. If I'm there, the show is mine when it is time. But I could share the limelight. And Jesus, if Nate's there and I'm there, you're, we're, we're the whole damn show. That's it's happened time and again. It's happened enough where I'm not boasting. It's every single game I've ever been to. That is what happens because we're storytellers first and players second. And the one thing we learned as a storyteller, every player is a storyteller in their own right. And if I portray my character and stay in character and you, the audience sees it, I am challenging them to be in character to participate in that scene or that discussion or what I'm doing. And if they step in that discussion and they do it in character and I throw on an accent or I ch I'm asking them knowledge about who they are or where they're from and I'm forcing them to be their character, I am now storytelling the scene. Yes, I'm playing somebody, but I'm storytelling my character because I want you to be a part of it. And if I bring that energy to that scene, yes, all eyes are on me because I started it and it ends when I shut up as it happens before. But if I add Nate to it, if Nate shows up or Nate starts it, there's, a, there's an understanding me and Nate have, and I'll articulate it for everyone who listens. Whoever started the scene, whether it's Nate or me, the one coming in is secondary. That person will not steal the limelight from the, from the first on scene. Their job is to support the role. Always has been. Never has been any other way. Right. Because that secondary person is listening to the energy of the audience. Is there anybody bored? Is there somebody not picking up on it? Does it look like someone's going to be disruptive? All those cues. And what that secondary person's job is, and I would argue, is rather important. The moment it looks like that's going to happen, they step in and talk to that person. They engage them in their own independent scene and what they're about to say. And sometimes you cut off a word. Sometimes it's an instance just getting up in their face. Sometimes it's, sir, can you help me? It's whatever little trick you do to get their attention it's like the prestige of a magician, of a magician, honestly, on stage. You know, what, don't pay attention what one hand's doing because the other one is. Mm -hmm. And it happens, and that's how you do it. And it's now immortalized. It's on this podcast. Listen to it if you ever want to know. That, that, is, that takes time. You can't just jump in and do that. You know, one has to work at it. And the funny part is, no matter how many times I've seen it, portrayed by other players, I've seen people better than me and Nate who do it so rarely, it's like they never bothered. And they still continually go to game. And well, I, I think the major the major issue that you will encounter with another player is that they make a character, but they don't play the character that they made. They play themselves. It's Amen. like it's like they're 
portraying like an avatar version of themselves. Do you know what I mean? Like I do. It, it's they're they're playing. You know, Tom is Tom, but Tom's got a character sheet that says Tom can throw a car and jump as high as a building and you know wield a sword with great precision. But that's not what Tom made. Tom made a morose, you know, ages old guy who's been going, he's been wars and battles and da 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 da, and he has, he doesn't broker bullshit and he's, he's tough and grizzled, but he has a heart of gold. But Tom isn't any of those things. And Tom not only doesn't know how to portray any of those things, but he doesn't give a shit to because he came to win a bunch of challenges against other people. He, he came to basically roll the dice for lack of a better term. And let's face it, when you break it down, winning a challenge any time of the day feels good. Yeah. When you hit an accomplishment, overcome something, right. that's what you go for. Anytime you can you can make a victory, especially the less victory you have in life, the more enjoyable it is to have them in a role-playing game. When you can pretend to at least be awesome, even though you're not, you know, you kind of suck in real life. That's true. But... That's not the reason why I've ever played role playing. Not games. the suck part. I get the point. But but yeah, you know, I mean, like everybody's life kind of sucks. Like some people, you know, they're not very attractive, or they they don't really know how to talk to people very well, and they have a shitty job they hate, and people are always giving them shit, or their mom is sick, or their dad is dying, or somebody in their family's an alcoholic. Those are all problems we all face. But fantasy gaming allows you to kind of step out of that shitty life, and you go for the win. Because that's the only place you can find it. Even though it's not a real one, that's where you can find it. True enough. Your alternatives are heroin. Right. Alcohol. Yeah. Some people drive abuser, fast cars. Husband, wife, right. whatever. But Some people go out and they live self-destructive behaviors and they get, you know, all kinds of other problems. Some people just turn to gaming. Whether Donuts. it's video games or fantasy games. Right. And a lot of people have many of those addictions. But the point being, like, I don't play role-playing games for the win like i play live action role-playing games or tabletop games because to me it's enjoyable to play a character I'm, i like cinema i'm wearing the arrogance hat here and i'm going to say it because i will be called this mark my words <laughs> i i'm very much arrogant because i believe i'm an actor <coughs> i've always been an actor i've never not been an actor ever since i stepped on stage in high school and played the lead villain i was hooked on doing it. Now, I didn't stick with it in high school because, honestly, I have a problem with authority. So the director, really, we were going to butt heads. but um, And so I just lost taste for it. But when it comes to a live-action game, I can get out there, a role-playing period, I'm in charge of me. Right. I determine what my character is, and I determine what role that is. And whether I'm the weakest thing around or the sexiest man walking, guess what? I'm going to have the mannerisms, the demeanor. Well, and it, and it helps too because swagger. you no longer have to have a problem with authority because the authority is already set in stone. Right. The authority of the world that you exist in is set in your book. These are the rules. The, these are your parameters. These are your boundaries. Everything else outside of that is up to you. But the point is, it's, it's the role. Right. Act the role. Do not be you. It is impossible to not make... Every actor knows this. It's impossible to make a character or a role that doesn't have part of you in it. In fact, you need to. Just a part. Just enough to, to keep you grounded. But the rest of it, research. Figure it out. Wear a different shirt. Cut your hair different. Have an accent. Whatever, whatever quirks right. you can come up with to make that role do that. And now that we harp that to death, 
me and Nate can easily kill a two hour podcast talking about what to do to get in character and what to be with in character. But I guarantee you, if I threw that challenge out to anybody else, for the vast majority of people we talk to, what the fuck? You wouldn't get it. You wouldn't get nowhere Sorry. near that amount. And that's because that's an amateur fucking mistake. There's, there's a difference between having passion for a hobby and you're just phoning it in. Yeah. And and throughout the entirety of our, our collective career, um, there have been plenty of people. They only they only game because it's a social outlet. They just want an excuse to get together with people. You know, there's plenty of people who are casual gamers that are are only in it to, you know, do it once a week, you know, throw three or four hours in, you know, express their powers a little bit and, and move on. And now I have to defend myself a little bit because I, I am something that's been in my mind I'm a little nervous about. I got to go back to a game where I'm pretty certain you and Chris have commented that that girl wasn't pregnant. That's so said congratulations to you. <laughs> and I haven't found out if she is or isn't. And I want everybody to know, she was drinking Nico water. He was a leader of it. And NICO, if I pronounce it wrong, deal with it. But it's potassium-infused water last I checked. And she's drinking it, and she's kind of, you know, looks like she got a back pain. She's wearing, like, a pregnant shirt. You know, and she's got a, she's got a pouch. She doesn't have, like, there's, like, skinny arms, skinny legs, just like I used to know her, you know, face, whatever. And it looks like she's pregnant. To me. Apparently to other people, like, she just got fat. And I was like, no. And in utter innocence, at the end of the game, I hadn't seen her in years. You know, I walked up to her. She's like, how you doing? I was like, I'm oh, staying busy. It looks like you too. Congratulations. And she's like, oh. And just drank her water and smiled very polite and was, was cool. I was like, cool. And then I thought we were fine. It's been bugging me <laughs> since you told me, hey, dude. That chick might have just been fat. And I don't, I understand. Cause like I'm sitting here going, well, then why didn't she just tell me right there? I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't correct know. it. I, I guess it's, uh, I guess it's never okay to congratulate someone on being pregnant <laughs> unless they're like, hey, I'm pregnant. And then you can be like, oh, congratulations. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't recall ever interacting with that person on a personal level anytime previously. I've never really had any conversations with her. She's a person I recognize. And that's solely that. So I don't know her or her life or anything of that nature. But like uh, all of us, time has not necessarily been super kind. Like visually, you look a lot different than you did 10 years ago when I saw you. And as such, I'm just going to leave it at that. Like (laughs) there's another person there that we had talked about before. Again, I will not mention any names. But, like, that person looks way fucking different than they did. Like, still recognizable, but not at first. Like, he looked like our buddy Chris, who's always looked like Chris as long as we've known him. Chris has been Chris since we've known him. But, uh, yeah, he didn't look like him anymore. And he talked about, like, being in the military. And I was like, where? Oh, I know who you're talking about. He put, right, he put right. on some weight is some what you're referring serious, to. Some serious, serious weight. weight. Yep. Marriage does that. You know, to hear him out, he got he got married and he got comfortable and he just let it go. Yeah. But to be fair, what was his weight loss plan? Being jobless and living on people's couches. Right. <laughs> you remember and that, dude. Fair enough. Like, being jobless and living on people's couches, you, you stay lean, you know, because <laughs> you don't really have a choice. You know, when you're begging your meals... You tend to be lean. That's why I like my women thick. 
I don't know where you're going with that. I'm just saying, women because who that are, means that they have a job. In order to stay thick, you got to have a steady source of food coming in. <laughs> you got to have some way of maintaining that. I guess so. And that's all right. And plus, thick is good. It's healthy. It's uh, vibrant. There's personality to a thick woman. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You hey. know that that, that weird ass thin skeleton. If if your idea of Halloween is to be a skeleton, all you need is the white pasty makeup. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it ain't for me. It's fair enough. Just uh, you know, that is fair it's enough. A twenty-two thing. What does that mean? It's a twenty-two thing, man. Like the death. You you don't have an age thing where there's like an age of people you know damn better than to open your mouth around. Oh yeah, that's for sure. It, it every year it gets bigger, like it gets higher and higher. My magic number is twenty-two. I'm fine with twenty-one. I'm Mine, okay mine's with twenty-six. It's twenty-two. If you're under twenty-six, I don't acknowledge you as a human being, dude. So. To, to get to that, so I'll tell you why. I tried being a friend of somebody who was 22. She's she's good looking, gorgeous to be exact, and in huge mass in the clubs. And you've heard me bitch about her before. I just I don't get it because I don't understand why why anybody would want to be high all the time for days on end and go somewhere predominantly where you're going to be just chewed up and passed around. <laughs> Like this, and by chewed up, this is an adult show. I mean, jumping from bed to bed. Like, how else are you paying for your hotel room? I couldn't. I couldn't comment. Like, why would you do that? And then come back and tell me how you're living, you're supping from the cup of life, and doing this. And I'm like, but but like to have the mentality. If she was like, you know, I be, I'm open about it. You know, I enjoy multiple partners. That's that's me. That's who I am, and I ain't nothing wrong with it. I'd be perfectly fine with it. She she told me how it is. And that's what she enjoys doing. This is the girl who told me I'm afraid of getting raped. I'm afraid of being in tough stance. You know, you see what I'm saying though? You put yourself in a dangerous situation where it's just you, predominant guys you don't know. One or two of them might be a drug dealer. And you're gonna go to uh to like there was a downtown drug scene, was like the castle, and what was the other place? The I don't know. Uh, no, the dungeon. People talked about it all the time. I honestly don't know. I can't I couldn't tell. The you. lower basement. They went through with like the leather and all that, and I don't, I don't know. Okay. Like the only places that I can remember in Chicago were like Nocturna and Exit. Like those are the only places. Exit is what I was thinking of. Okay, Exit was another one. But these are stories. Yeah, but I know, I've never been there, so I don't. These yeah. are stories I got from people. But people, I, I was asked, "Hey Bob, you're really social. Why don't you go to those scenes?" Number one, I don't fit the motif. You ain't squeezing me in nothing pleather. <laughs> nothing. You be missing whole cattle. If I decided to go all gimped out with some studs and some, you know what, I'm, you know what I'm saying? They'd be missing some, some livestock. Also, I don't like sweating in clothes. No. It's a gross feeling. When it's hot out, I want to be in the AC because it's hot out. No, I don't. There's nothing dancing that I enjoy. I don't, I don't get down for that shit myself. So, Funny enough, I don't mind dancing if everybody's drinking and having a good time. Wedding dancing was a lot of fun. I did that once or twice. I didn't do it long, but that's just because it got weird. Oh, no. I've only been to two weddings. One, I was relatively sober when we left. The other one, I was fucking annihilated. And I, I don't think I danced at either of them because I can't dance sober. I can dance even worse when I'm drunk. <laughs> it's, n- nothing is less flattering than watching me try to move rhythmically. <laughs> the, all right, the, the other half, because I feel like I tipped the scale. That wasn't just the female perspective either. It's a 22-year-old guy. Uh, same business, same workplace as at the soft. I'm hanging out with him, and all he could talk about is his hair going out and how he could. Oh my, it was a birthday party for one of his friends, 
and they worked there and they came out he got promoted. He came all the way into the store and boss sprung for a cake. And I was saying deliberately it was like a Portillo's chocolate birthday cake or whatever. And so we looked it up and it's like a sliver. It was like less than a quarter inch was like 300 calories. It's two sodas. Mm-hmm. You don't drink two sodas that day. You can have this cake, right? Now, I told this dude, I looked at him. This is two sodas. Did you have soda today? He goes, no. All right. So I know how you are. Don't go out and drink two drinks. That's it. Wait till everybody's on round three. Then you have the first round to catch up for this cake because I can't eat it. Why can't you? I got a date tonight and I don't know what could happen. What do you? What, what does that even mean? What is, that doesn't make no sense. If I eat this cake, it can throw off my rhythm. Like I might be. I don't know. It's like, oh, oh, you already know you're getting laid. It's going to throw off your rhythm into sack to have cake. Last I checked, more energy is better. And he's, nah, man, you don't understand. Like, you know, if I put on a pound, I'm going to look bloated. And I stared at him. And immediately my lizard brain went, you are no man. You are no man. I recognize. Who was your father? It's a shame that the listeners can't hear my head sink. And it's called out from a different era. And I don't even care if I offend people I know. I was... The way I was raised, the way I raised myself, to be a man is to do this. You're able to laugh at yourself. If I eat, if, if I were him and I ate that piece of chocolate cake and I got bloated, the first thing I'm going to tell the lady I'm with that night is where I was like, oh, man, I had chocolate cake. So I ate dessert early, and this is sitting with me a little, a little different. So we're going to dance around and whatnot, but if I have to part for a brief moment, don't worry about it. Have a laugh. I wouldn't tell anybody shit because eating cake for me ain't no fucking thing. It ain't a cry moment, but if you know, I don't even know what I'm gonna get bloated. Me, what you got a shit? I want the world what does to that know. Mean when I eat and we are out, there will be a 15 minute window where you will be by yourself. I want to make an expression about sex right now. Do you know what should happen if you are having sex and you fart? Two people should be laughing and then fucking should continue. That's what should happen. That is the. You went there. I did go there. I don't give a fuck. You went there. I don't give a fuck. If I'm if I'm fucking and I fart and you go, oh god, I can't. Like, you went there. Do you realize what we're doing? We're rutting like fucking animals, and you're worried about some gas passing. Do you know how many? Look, let's not numerically. But is this bad this. gas? I mean, we there's there's oh. a circumstance. Look, it's just like you just fart. You're just like. I will let you. I don't even care if it's personal. I have paused and left the room because it was bad. Was it you that farted? No. <laughs> look ladies i ain't never leaving the room if there's a fart happening. look la- i don't I, care where it comes i from. will <laughs> i will and i'm gonna tell you why i didn't want to not do or continue mm-hmm. but there was a line that line was when my eyes can smell it when you're <laughs> okay and i went from being strong confident roman soldier to the surf that cleans up the battlefield afterward if you get my drift you hear what i'm saying and i felt that moment coming out i was like oh hell no that ain't my embarrassed and i knew she was embarrassed so i did the only thing i could do as, as i was going on i was like going, oh i'm getting lightheaded excuse me she's like what oh it's, it's me i'm sorry excuse me i left the room well you're a kind soul i went and got a glass of water and i sat there how does one approach this and i wanted to know how i could make that lie believable farts make me laugh and i don't care where they come from they could be laughing i ain't saying it's serious i'm not saying it even happens i'm saying people in your situation you're even bringing up and drawing attention to wouldn't even say anything right they need to they need to calm down but i'm just saying there are circumstances calm down and deal with that fart that shit's natural as fuck just embrace that fart embrace you want to that, that fart embrace that fart i don't care where it came from on behalf of people everywhere butt. you such a pig came from your just vagina you it's all good just just a little air it's a little sloppy yeah well, look, man, we've been talking about an hour and a half, some ridiculous shit, so I think we should wrap it up here, call it a day. This, this podcast is going to be out a day early. Because, like Christmas? Because tomorrow, 
is the day of days. I can't talk about it, but for those of you who are in the know, you know why we're not doing a podcast on Friday, September 16th. Why you can't tell them like you're doing, you're, you're launching. Yeah, yeah, I got to work. So that's why. So, <laughs> it's just like, it's like you said. <coughs> da, da, da. Yeah. I, first fucking thing, I go to Dunkin' Donuts. I probably talked about this already. I don't know if this was, this happened this week or not. But before we wrap up, the guy at Dunkin' Donuts knows where I work. And he was like, hey, man, what's the big idea with Apple not putting a, a headphone jack on their phone? And I'm like, I wasn't there. Like, I had no part in that. Like, <laughs> why are you asking me about some dumb shit? Like, fuck off. It's fucking 100-year-old technology. Sorry they got rid of it. Sorry you have to use a new connector. I remember you mentioned what it would be when you were talking about that. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't know. I'm indifferent. Anyways, Anyways we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Please be sure, be sure, be sure to share it. Thumbs up it if there's an ability to do that. You know, share it with your friends. You subscribe on thumbs up it. No, you can't thumbs up it on. I don't know. I never tried to. I, I've never used Stitcher, so I don't know what like, what kind of weird shit they. I don't get no thumbs up. Just stick your thumb up in the air. That's all I need. Just 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 stick your personal thumb in the air. Just be like everyone. That podcast. Just stab Nate in the butt with your <clears throat> thumb when you see him. Stab me in the butt with your thumb. I don't care where the fart came from. <laughs> Goodbye. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye.